I want to welcome you to episode 30. That's right, episode 30. We're going to be taking a break um, the week of, what is that, Memorial Day, I believe. So we'll be going through next week, and um, then we're going to be taking a break. Remember, we are doing our season in halves. So we have the first 50 episodes in part one of the season, and then we're going to be breaking for a very long time. Um, For the summer, we'll come on and occasionally maybe do some filming of some things we're doing over the summer. And then we will come back in August to finish up part two of season 12. Of course, all of this is as the Lord allows and the Lord gives us the grace to do. All right, so today is Get Free Friday, and I would really love to get free of my lawn maintenance at this point, but they got to do what they got to do, and I got to do what I got to do, right? So we finished up the whiteness of wealth, and today we are just going to be talking about some practices to help you to de-stress, and we're going to be looking at some short devotionals today, and then we will close up. We know that there is still a lot happening in our world. Um, If you want to check out the current events of things that are going down across our nation, you can go to our Daring Dialogues Facebook page. That is where we post articles and videos and news reports and current events. Um, They are located on our Daring Dialogues Facebook page. And if you're looking for specific news pertaining to Black people, Black American, Um, the African diaspora, you can go to our Facebook page, Black Table Talk, where we talk all things Black, Black people, Black love, Black power, Black polity, and yeah, so get into it if you have not checked out those two pages. I'm reading from two different devotionals today, and then also I want to share with you today's word of affirmation card from urbanintellectuals.com. And it says, your dreams are a powerful force in your life. The, the, The declaration is, I am defined by my dreams. Negativity from the past has no hold on me other side of the card. I am defined by my dreams. Negativity from the past has no hold on me. And here's the thing. The only way that the past can have a hold on you is if you are attaching yourself to people from your past, places from your past, behaviors from your past, right? So there is a part of this declaration that requires your participation in it. You can't just say negativity from the past has no hold on me and you're still connected to the negative things from the past. So there are some things that you might have to do in order for that declaration to be fully made manifest. So it is also, by the way, it is also Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King. (laughs) I say Martin Luther King. It is also Malcolm X Day, by the way. It is Malcolm X Day. 
And let me read you a quote from Malcolm X that was written in this book, April 27th, which we've already passed. So let's see. April 27th. And it is on prejudice. He said, I believe in recognizing every human being as a human being, neither white, black, brown, or red. So we know that was more than likely said probably toward the end of his life, maybe after he had made his pilgrimage um, to Mecca. I believe in recognizing every human being as a human being, neither white, black, brown, or red. And I think Malcolm and I have that in common, that I first recognize your humanity. And I think if we all started there with a whole lot of people, life would be a whole lot different in the United States. Let's see what May 19th holds for us today. Decisions, decisions is the key word. Debbie Thomas said this, I taped the application and ironed it. I taped the application and ironed it. In 1986, champion figure skater Debbie Thomas was stretched thin between her college studies and her training. After receiving a C on a chemistry final, feeling exhausted and frustrated, she tore up her application for the United States Figure Skating Championship. As her quote reveals, Debbie Thomas then changed her mind. She went on to take the women's title that year. There are no decision police out there to arrest us when we change our minds. No one says we can't retract a statement, reverse a policy, or make a total about face. We sometimes say and do things out of emotions, which on second thought we regret. If we can't live with our decisions, let's decide again. Now that is a get free Friday statement if I ever heard one. If we can't live with our decisions, let's decide again. On this day, I will take five minutes to review my life to see what, if any, changes I should make. And here's the thing. It may take you more than five minutes to look back over your life, as the song says, and think things over, right? I can truly say that I've been blessed. I got a testimony. Who knows that song? All right. And so decisions, decisions, decisions. That is the key word. If we can't live with our decisions, let's decide again. As the writer said, there's no decision police out there telling you that you can't say, hey, you know, I've, I've thought this over and I want to go in a different direction. Good morning. Good morning and good evening. The other book I have here is um, Dennis Kimbrough. He is the best-selling author of Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, which I also have. And I also have um, the original Think and Grow Rich. But um, this one is Daily Motivations for African-American Success. I picked this up in February, in February at the Barnes and Nobles, my local Barnes and Nobles. I was surprised they actually had it. <laughs> um, but my Barnes and Nobles does pretty good here with keeping a wide selection of um, African-American 
um, books, books by African-American authors. I know that is not the case in every place. But this one is Daily Motivations for African-American Success. And it's pretty much set up like this other one, but it's mainly focused on business. So let's see what May 19th holds. It says, all you have to do is ask. George Halsey, entrepreneur, says, life has more questions than answers. Now, that reminds me of a statement I saw last night on a film that we were watching um, together, my husband and I. And it said, the gentleman in the film said, you always have a solution, don't you? You always have a solution. And the gentleman responded back, I've learned to... um, He's, he was kind of like, I've learned to not be caught by surprises. In other words, he wanted to minimize any surprises because he was doing a building design, or rather the tower, the Eiffel Tower. Um, so the story was about the designer for the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And he was doing his presentation and he was, you know, they were kind of grilling him on, well, what about this and what about that? And what about the wind? And, you know, what about, um, because they were building next to a water tablet, what about that? And he had an answer literally for every what about that they were giving to him. And at the end of the presentation, the guy was like, you know, he was kind of salty and he was like, always got a solution don't you and he was like life has taught me (laughs) life has taught me um basically to be prepared for surprises or to not have so many surprises in life and I said you know what he might be right (laughs) some of us solutionists are all about minimizing the amount of surprises that we get caught up in because some of us don't like surprises like that other people do. Other people are like, ooh, I enjoy surprises. But when that surprise uh, hits you on the side of the head, or when that surprise is not something that you um, enjoy or not something that benefits you, then yes, you do become a person that works on minimizing surprises. So let's read up on George Halsey here. Several years ago, George Halsey, a highly successful Amway distributor, taught me the value of setting clear, specific financial goals. Over lunch in an exquisite North Carolina restaurant, Halsey shared a story with me about an elderly millionaire and a young man who desired to be rich. Do you want to be rich? The millionaire asked. I most certainly do, the young man answered. Then write down the amount of money you want and how much time you'll devote to acquiring it. The young man furrowed his brow. Do you think money will fall from trees just because I write a figure down on paper, he questioned. Yes, I do, said the millionaire. Every millionaire I've met told me he became rich only after he set an amount and date by which to acquire his wealth. If you don't know where you're going, chances are you will not get there. Most unsuccessful people aren't aware that life gives exactly what you ask. So you must ask for exactly what you want. If your request is vague, what you'll get will be just as muddled. If you ask for the minimum, you'll receive the minimum. Do you doubt me? Just ask someone how much money he wants to earn next year. 
If this person is on the road to success and doesn't mind confiding in you, they'll answer you immediately. But nine out of 10 are incapable of answering this question. Theirs, the millionaire said, is the common mistake. Your mind desires to know just what you expect from it. If you do not ask for anything specific, that's just what you'll receive. Nothing specific. Ooh, child. <laughs> I'm going to have to say that's pretty true. Because in writing down my financial goals, um, I know when tax time came, I had actually hit my financial goals. But I didn't realize the, um, I would say I didn't realize the exact point when I hit it but I actually hit my financial goal. And that's one of the things that we start off doing in the beginning of the year is our vision board, setting our goals. This year, we actually did a vision workbook. So if you were with me in that seminar, you should be tracking and you should be well on your way to your goals, right? We are in the second quarter of the year heading to the midway point of the year in June. So think about think about what he said. Because I think that goes over a lot of people's heads. He's right. <laughs> I'm going to read it one more time. Your mind, this statement, your mind desires to know just what you expect from it. If you do not ask for anything specific, that's just what you will receive. Now, let me tell you something. That's not just in money. That's in money. That's in professional career. That's in your relational life. If you haven't set any goals around, you desire to be in a relationship, but you have set no goals around it. Uh-oh. You have not said, by the end of this year, I would like to meet my partner. I'm going to tell you what I did. His statement, his affirmation at the end of this state, at the end of this devotional says, right here and now, I know exactly what I want. I was 18 years old and at 18, I was already done and tired with trifleness when it came to quote unquote, the dating scene. I was tired at 18. <laughs> so I don't see how people do it at 25, 30. 35, 40. By 18, I was already tired. I kid you not. <laughs> so in my prayer time, I said, look, God, look. <laughs> look. The next relationship I'm in, because all of this is, is, traf is trifling. I'm going to work on me. Because I know there are things about me that I need to deal with, that I need to handle. If I'm going to be anybody's wife. I went to wife school. I took myself to wife university. I didn't wait on someone to tell me what it meant to be a wife. I went and got my little happy self some books by proven people, by therapists, by psychologists. And I start reading up on marriage. What is this institution? What is this thing? So I started there because my parents were not married. So I needed to know what is marriage? What is expected in marriage? And I'm talking traditional marriage, right? 
So what is, what is expected in marriage? What does it mean to be a wife? What are some basic principles around being a wife? What does it mean to be a spouse? What, it mean, what does it mean to be in a committed monogamous relationship? Because I had done some other relationships. <laughs> what does it mean to say I do to just you? I need to know. So as I began to study and read up and, you know, look at some things biblically, uh, not saying I want to imitate who I saw in the Bible, but there are definite principles in the Bible when it comes to relationships. So anybody just throwing that out, I don't trust what you got to say about relationships. I'm just saying. So as I was doing this personal growth, personal development, personal study, I said to God, and I only prayed this one time. <laughs> I said, God, look, I'm going to work on me. And the next person that I am in a relationship with, I'm going to need that to be him. Because God, I ain't got time. You know my patience. I ain't got time to be playing games with the opposite man. I, I, I don't have time for that. I am not a game player at this point in my life. So when I was 18, I was very clear about what I wanted. I did not want to play games. I wanted someone who was mature. I wanted somebody who was older than me. I wanted somebody... Um, who was a, a spiritual person. I wanted someone who was very committed to his spiritual walk and his devotion to God, because I knew if he was really committed to that, he would be committed to me because in the expression of being committed to his spiritual walk and his God, well, the God that I serve, he would be telling him how to treat me. Like we would not be going round and around and around and around on trying to figure out how to treat me in a relationship. We're not doing that either. So I laid those things out to God one time. And then I went to go work on me. <laughs> I did. I went to go work on me. I took myself to wife and spouse university. Now, my other friends, they were like, girl, what's going on with you? I'm sorry. I'm in wife university right now. I cannot, I cannot be bothered. I cannot talk to you. I know what I'm after. I know what I desire. I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I was on this path. And on that path, I met my husband. Now, while I was in Wife University, I wasn't looking at him as my husband. <laughs> I was just on my path, right? But as I continued to get to know him and he got to know me and God began to reveal things to both of us, then I acquiesced to what God was revealing. I said, okay, if you say, God, that he's the one, then I'm going to yield to the, to the process. We got engaged. We were engaged for 
engaged and went through counseling and went through um, vetting by the Holy Spirit. We went through some tests and we went through some trials as an engaged couple for two years and 10 months. It was not seven days, people. It was not 30 days. It was not 90 days. It was not a year. It was two years and 10 months. And part of the problem with our generation is we don't want no two-year and 10-month process, much less six months. So we got a chance to learn things about each other. He got a chance to learn me. He got a chance to see me angry, happy, sad, upset, despondent, all of those things. He got a chance to see my response in different situations. And I got a chance to see his. He got a chance to see my family. All our dynamics, the good, the bad. And I got a chance to see his. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into for the most part. And it's been consistent. His family has been consistently themselves. And he got a chance to see my family. My family has been consistently themselves. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so through that process, being patient, being specific about what I want. I didn't, I didn't go to God with a list of he must be taller than me, although he is. Although I tend to like tall you know, but I, that was not what I put in my list. Substance in your list. If you're going to have a list, substance. Is he kind? Is she kind? Are they compassionate? Are they greedy? Are they generous? Do they know how to manage their emotions? You might want to know that. Are they discreet or do they tell everything to everybody? You might want to know that before you marry them. Or do they just run their mouth and everybody knows your, all of your business because they don't know how to be quiet. List. So make sure if you are doing a list, make sure your list has some substance to it. But I say this to say, I decided and when in this process at 18, I was engaged a year later. I wasn't expecting to be engaged a year later. I thought I was going to be going through at least, you know, five to six years of, of process. But a year later, I was engaged. Intention matters. And as they said, as the gentleman said, are you giving your mind something to work with? Are you giving your mind something to work with? That's just what, like in school, we tell students that all the time. You cannot recall, your brain cannot recall what you have not put into it. Now, can you get some divine help? If you're taking a test, you absolutely can. Holy Spirit can speak to you and, to, and give you the answers. I've had that happen. But if you're talking about your mind and recall, 
you got to put something in it. So ask yourself today, whatever the goal is, whether it's relationships, whether it's financial goals, whether it's mental health, you desire to be in a better mental health space, whether it's your own personal health, ask yourself, what have I put in as my goals? What have I sat down and structured for myself? What have I just written and put it out there in writing? What have I declared from my own lips? I was talking with a person yesterday and they said something about their um, situation. And they said, man, things are just not working out for me. Like they kept saying over and over again, things are just not working out for me. The people around me um, never seem to be able to assist me. And things just keep not working out for me. Things just keep falling apart. And I had to stop and say, do you hear what you're saying? The more you say it, the more energy you're giving to it. So they had to begin to change what they were saying to things are working out for me. Things will work out for me. I have people around me that will support me in my time of need. I have friends around me that will help me when I need help. It was really as simple as that. Turning around his situation started with what was coming out of his own mouth. So can we have a so can we have a, re, a reality of non-support? We can. We can have a reality of non-support around us. But what do you want to happen? That's the question. If I see I have a reality of non-support around me, I'm going to speak the opposite of that because I want things to change. And I understand the power of what I let out of my own mouth. So as I close today, I want to ask you a question. Do you understand the power of what comes out of your mouth? And do you understand the power of what you are withholding from coming out of your mouth? Both good or bad? Do you understand that literally your words can shape your world. They really can. They can shape your world. And God has given that power to all of us. It's just all of us don't use it or we don't use it consistently. But the power to shape your world is right here. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof so if you're if you're not pleased with the fruit that you see around you think about what have you been planting with your own words what seeds have you been putting in the ground with your own words 
Sometimes we look outside of ourselves and we want to be upset with people, but we got to start with us and say, what have I been planting with my own words? All right. So if you would like to join me today for some conversation, you can click on the camera and I will happily bring you on. This has been another episode with Daring Dialogues and I've been your host today, Shantae Charles. And if you've been listening by Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, I want to thank you for your time and attention. Remember to go out, be well, but most importantly, be light.